Hey there, Evangel. I'm so glad that you're here with us joining our worship gathering. If you have a different device uh, that has the Evangel app on it, then you can open that up and follow along with the scriptures and some of the points that are going to be part of our teaching today. You're welcome to participate in that uh, through our gathering. We're starting a new series today. It's a short one. It's it's short and sweet. It's um, going to be on the book of Proverbs, and we're titling it A Little Bit of Wisdom. Just a little bit of wisdom, because that's how Proverbs is, right? It's little bits, little sayings here and there, and we're only doing it for three weeks. And so a little bit of wisdom, but it's going to go a long way. We did something similar to this a few years ago. So if anything sounds familiar, the good news is the Bible has not changed in the last several years. So the book of Proverbs is, is really memorable. It has like little sayings that are perfect for your fridge or your screensaver on your phone. It doesn't go super deep. It just goes practical. And it's kind of cool because it's amazing to think that a book of the Bible that was written nearly 3,000 years ago is still relevant today, still has these sayings that kind of work today. So, you know, there's all kinds of common sense sayings that we use or wisdom sayings that all of us use to guide our lives. Maybe you can think of some of them. I know for me, one of my main ones I say all the time is the middle of the ocean is no place to quit rowing. Um, or you can, you know, I did a quick search for other bits of wisdom that are out there, little sayings. I found some good ones. So one was growing old is mandatory, but growing up is optional. One was um, failure to learn is not an option. Uh, one... I think this one's good for social media, actually. Silence is often misinterpreted, but never misquoted. That's a good one, right? Um, there were some other ones here. Never laugh at live dragons. Seems like good advice. Um, Let no man pull you so low as to hate him. That was Martin Luther King Jr. I thought that was a really great piece of advice too. But this idea of wisdom is that there's more to life than just rules. There's not just rules in life. You can't make enough rules in the world to address every specific situation and everything that happens in life. And the reality is, sometimes the question is not so much, is this allowed? Like, what does the law say? Sometimes the question is, is this wise? Because it's possible, you know, to be right and still be unwise. Or, or to be foolish. Like, there's a saying out there that pedestrians have the right of way. Sure, you can be right. But if you step out into traffic without looking because pedestrians have the right of way, you might be unwise, right? And, and wisdom matters in every area of life, whether it's politics or work or family or nature, everything, how we handle the world. When we say something is bad optics, we're saying there's probably a lack of wisdom there. When we say something is common sense, we're probably talking about wisdom. And so there's wisdom literature in the Bible. It's a genre of literature that's in the Bible. Ancient Israel had three different ways that God connected with them and that God communicated with them. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 18 says, we will always have priests to teach us God's laws as well as wise people to give us advice and prophets to speak the Lord's messages. So you had three ways that God connected with people, through the law, through prophecy, and through wisdom. The law tended to be very, don't do this, do this. It was very specific, very clear, not up for discussion. 
Prophecy tended to be warnings that were given in a particular situation. Usually it was you need to turn away from your sin and turn back to God. And it was a dramatic intervention, uh, usually at the national level in Israel, so that so that um, people knew what they needed to do. But wisdom was woven all the way through life. Wisdom is the everyday stuff, how life works. When there's not a specific law or you don't have a prophet to tell you what to do, wisdom is the thing that's that's filling the gaps. And wisdom was really valued in Israel. So good kings had counselors or advisors in their courts. There's all kinds of references to wisdom throughout scripture. And the assumption was that true wisdom was God-centered. It started with this healthy reverence. The Bible talks about it as a fear of God, acknowledgement that God is God and I am not. So it's not just about, you know, being savvy or having know-how. It's not just figuring out how the world works, but it's understanding and revering how God works and assuming that since God is the creator, then the way that God works is the way that the world is supposed to work. So wisdom comes from that basis in the Bible. So then Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, works with principles and it works with probabilities, but not unconditional promises. It's this idea that wisdom is woven into the fabric of this universe that God has created. So the world in its most ideal form, this is how the world should generally work. So we're going to take some time. We're going to look at Proverbs over the next few weeks. A little bit of wisdom goes a long way. And instead of going through it from beginning to end, we're actually going to make it more topical and take three weeks and cover three different topics that are covered in Proverbs and uh, and tie that in with other parts of Scripture at times in Christian life. You ready? Okay, here we go. Today, we're going to talk about work, the topic of work in Proverbs. Here's the problem. Some of us have a completely unbiblical view of work. And there are reasons for that, and sometimes really valid reasons. You know, sometimes we've been left in a place where we view work as something that's bad, as something that um, is exploiting or demoralizing or infringes on your family, because that's what we've seen happen in real life. So if we're coming at Proverbs from that view, and we read, for example, in Proverbs 10.4, laziness leads to poverty and hard work makes you rich, we're going to get completely outraged and go, are you kidding? Could you imagine if I tweeted that without any context or any explanation at all? People would be going, how dare you make that judgment? You know, there's all kinds of people who want to work and they can't. Or there's people who do work and they're still in poverty. And I totally agree, right? We probably all know somebody. Some of us are those somebodies. And for, if we're coming from that framework, Proverbs is going to look really judgy. Or even worse, if you look at Proverbs chapter 12, verse 24, it says, work hard and you'll be a leader, be lazy and you will end up a slave. Oh, no. Slavery throughout history around the world is not about laziness. It's about people exploiting other people and not respecting the humanity of each other. Listen, lots of people work really hard and they don't get to be the boss. So if we look at Proverbs from from that framework, our heads are going to kind of explode. So you got to remember, Proverbs is working from God-centered principles, which is assuming that work is a good thing, that work is part of life, work is part of living, and that's a good thing. That it's, it's good for society to have a healthy, respectful, positive view of work. If that's not the case, then the answer is not to not work and to vilify work as something evil. The answer is to do what's in our power to fix what's wrong. 
you know, whether it's individually or in a society, but to redeem the idea of work, bring it back to the place that God intended all along. So Proverbs is going to come from that framework. So then let me give you four principles or four probabilities that I found in Proverbs about work. You ready? Here we go. Number one, this is a fun one. Work is a good thing. Work is a good thing. People think of work as something negative. They think of it even as a curse, you know, something maybe that's the result of sin or whatever. But, but part of it's, or, or something that is just part of, we have to live with it in this world that we're in. But the truth is work was given before sin came into the world. In the Garden of Eden, in, a, in the creation story of Christianity, work was part of God's plan. Sin created exploitation and laziness and work addiction and all of that. But work itself in God's creation is considered to be a good thing. We were created to work. We were created to be productive, to enjoy the satisfaction of results. So you could see in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28, that God blessed Adam and Eve and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. That's work. That's responsibility. There's tasks to do in that. Genesis 2.15 says, God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. If you've ever tended a garden, you know that's work. It's work. And God worked too. Genesis 2 says, so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. And on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation. So he rested from all his work. God worked as well. We are made in God's image. God worked. God admired his accomplishments and the, and the things that he had created and produced. And then God rested. And we can do the same. So part of our faith is understanding that work is a good thing. And redeeming that, reclaiming that, and confidently asserting that work in itself is not bad. We can work as worship. We can work as part of our faith, as part of being in the image of God. Number two. Working well tends to lead, uh, no, let me try it again. Number two, working well leads to living well. Working well leads to living well. Look at these verses in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 13, verse four. No matter how much you want, laziness won't help a bit, but hard work will reward you with more than enough. Okay? Chapter 19, verse 15. If you are lazy and sleep your time away, you'll starve. Proverbs 20, verse 13. If you sleep all the time, you will starve. If you get up and work, you will have enough food. And Proverbs 15, verse 19 says, a lazy person refuses to clear a thorny path, but everyone who does right walks on a smooth road. Working well tends to, working well leads to living well. There are, best case scenario, in the way the world is supposed to work, there are rewards to work. If there aren't rewards for the work that we do, then something's wrong. And sometimes something is wrong. There's no question about that. Slavery, exploitation, natural disasters, sickness, depression even. But in a God-centered framework of how the world works in the way that it was created to work, in that framework, working well tends to lead to living well. Laziness, on the other hand, is a problem. 
Because if we are lazy, if we simply don't want to work, well, then that means somebody else is going to have to do what needs to be done. So it's maybe exploiting somebody else, but things aren't going to improve. The road is not going to get smoother. We're not going to earn anything if we're not working because we're just not doing the work that is needed to get the results that we're looking for. If I simply prefer not to work at all, ever, then from a God-centered framework, I'm probably going to go hungry. Why? Because society's not taking care of me? No, because I'm lazy. You know, I've been pastoring for like 27 years or so, and I can tell you there are lots of people that are really hard workers, and they don't get what they deserve. If I had the power to give all of you a, a raise, I would right now. There's so many of you that I know deserve it, and I know are looking for it, and I know there's also lots of people who are working hard to juggle responsibilities and figure out their work schedules, and that's super complicated. That happens in our home. Jeff works nights, and I work days, and he works weekdays, and I work weekends, and and I know how it is to try to juggle all of that. So I know, I know that there's lots of people, and we're all working hard, and we're doing our best, but can we say out loud, there are also people who just don't seem to want to work, unless everything is precisely the way they want it to be. And the truth is, Proverbs in the Bible doesn't really have a lot of patience for those situations. In Canada, our society is maybe less harsh than other places or today than other times in the world. You can live a long time without working, but you're probably not going to arise to a place of leadership. You're probably not going to get your dream job probably not going to be a positive influence in the world around you. You're probably not going to make a difference in the world. You're probably not going to earn that degree if you're not willing to work. So work is good and working well tends to lead to living well. Okay, here we go. Number three, work has seasons. Proverbs chapter 10 verse five says, at harvest season, it's smart to work hard, but it's stupid to sleep. <laughs> Why? Because there's a small window of time when your work is going to be effective, when you're going to, you're going to have the results, you're going to see the results of the work that you're doing. And if you miss that window, you're probably going to have less results. So if you're a farmer, like my grandparents were, you're not going to take your vacation in August. Okay. If you are in retail, probably your harvest season is November, December with the wild Christmas shopping. If you are an accountant that does taxes, Probably your harvest season is maybe February to April doing people's taxes. And, and it just goes on and on, you know, but what work is seasonal. And some of us, our work is less seasonal, but there's times during a shift when there's more or less work, or there's times when you have a day off, or there's times when you're working overtime, or there's vacation time, or there's stat holidays, or even times when the kids are napping and you could take a bit of a break. Work should end up balancing out with different seasons. And we need to have wisdom about when we should be working and when we should not be working, when we should be sleeping or resting. Some of us don't even take the time off when we have the chance. But even God rested at the end of his season of creating. Work is seasonal. And number four, work is relational. Proverbs 10, 26 says, having a lazy person on the job is like a mouthful of vinegar Ugh. or smoke in your eyes. Proverbs 14, 35 says, kings reward servants who act wisely, 
but they punish those who act foolishly. And Proverbs 27, 18 says, take care of a tree and you'll eat its fruit. Look after your master and you will be praised. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 27 says, anyone too lazy to cook will starve, but a hard worker is a valuable treasure. Work is relational. How we work impacts our relationships with people. It impacts how we view each other. It impacts all of these things. And so we need to not only do our jobs, but we need to be somebody who adds value to our job. You know, we want to be somebody that our boss says, oh, good, this person is in today. I know I can rely on them. I know I can trust them. They're going to get the job done. Or we want to be somebody that our coworkers ask, can I be scheduled with that person? Can I be on their team? I want to work with them. You know, when, when, uh, when the pandemic hit around the world, our team, uh, in the pandemic, we, we had to pivot many times as all of us did. And there were times, there were moments where I thought, oh my goodness, are we going to be okay? But I never had a moment where I thought, I don't know if our team can do this. Because I knew that our team at Evangel, in our church, our staff, are such a great team. And I didn't know exactly what we were going to do. And I knew we were going to have to figure out how to do it. But I also knew that I get to work with a team of people who are reliable and joyful and cooperative and flexible and hardworking. And, and so how they work impacts me and how they work impacts you and how I work impacts everybody because work is relational and how we work reflects our character to others and it determines our reputation. Work is something that is considered good in God's creation. Little bit of wisdom goes a long way, doesn't it? So let's pause at this moment. As we just come to an end, I'm going to invite you where you are, whatever helps you to um, reflect a little bit. Sometimes we close our eyes. Sometimes we just shift our position a little bit or maybe put your hands together. Something that is a physical um, response that says, okay, I'm going to tune in here and I'm going to reflect a little bit. I want you to consider as you look ahead to the coming week, let's say the next five days, I want you to consider the work that you have to do, the work that's coming your way, the tasks that are part of that, the, the, maybe some of you are getting ready to start something new, whether it's school or you're starting a new job. Uh, maybe you have different, maybe you're a little bit overwhelmed. Maybe you have some vacation coming, but consider the next five days and some of the tasks and the work that you're going to be doing and some of the people whose paths you're going to be crossing. Consider that. And then let's say, God, I'm going to dedicate my work to you this week. Lord, we're going to dedicate our work to you this week. Would you help us, God, to work well? Would you help us to work in a way that builds relationships with others? Would you help us, Lord, to work in a way that reflects you and reflects your image in us and that says we think work is a good thing? Help us to do that well from a place of balance and, and goodness and all of those things. And Lord, I'm asking that you would also make us productive in our work this week so that the things we want to get done can get done and can get done well. And I ask that you would do this in Jesus' name. Amen.